Sit back and relax and listen to the sounds of the Too Much Time on My Hands podcast. (laughs) Oh, cool. You found us. Oh yeah, this is part three of the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. <laughs> we thought we'd hidden it pretty well. Uh, speaking of hidden, that leads us on to uh, our next subject. <laughs> this is intentionally cheesy, I want to stress that. And the fact that I have to stress that makes it not funny, so fuck this. Anyway, Sean, take it away. Ha ha ha. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fine. What about that traffic, eh? Well, this is um, good. It's good Friday today as we're recording this, which means it's Easter weekend. And um, amongst all the chit-chat of um, films and games and stuff, there is a serious side to, to Easter, I think we should, we should remember, which is, we should remember that Easter eggs used to be a lot better than they are nowadays. Lego Easter eggs, do you remember those? You had a little Lego kit inside a giant egg. I don't remember Lego ones. No, I don't know. That was good. That was Sounds good. good. I don't yeah. think they're real. <laughs> Why Easter eggs? Lego Easter eggs, yeah. Yeah, I remember Kinder. Giant Kinder ones, yeah, yeah. You get an actual. Yeah, they were the same kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, that was lame as well. Sorry. Today we're going to be talking about Easter eggs in films and games and DVD menus and the such like. So these are little hidden jokes and scenes and things, and they can be interesting a game um, that I was playing recently. It's uh, Gambare Golmon, which is a, on the Konami collection on Game Boy Color. It's the most obscure. That, uh, Tom's nodding. He, know, uh, he knows yeah, it very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Gam- the Gambare Golmon yeah. series, obviously. Yeah, own several copies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is um, Gambare Golmon. It's a series. Um, um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Let me start that again. Gambare Gomon is a series from Konami um, that ran through most of the way through the 90s and he's kind of disappeared now. It's one of my favourite franchises. He had um, a huge game on the N64, Mystical Ninja Star and Gomon, and a sequel as well. And he's had some um, big hits on other consoles as well, like uh, Super Nintendo Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Anyway, this particular game is pretty obscure because it's on a Konami collection on the Game Boy Color. <clears throat> but it's a very funny game. Generally, the, he's a, a blue-haired, lovable folk hero from Japan. And he's kind of like um, a lovable thief. And he, the games are like action platformers uh, mixed with a little bit of RPG town stuff. But they're really charming and really funny. Anyway, the scene in this game that I want to talk about is when you go into the town... There are loads of shops and things and like restaurants and whatnot that you can go into and like you can play mini games and stuff. Anyway, one of the things is there's a bathhouse where you can go in and replenish your health. So you go into the bathhouse and then uh, blah blah blah, you get a little cutscene. Now, in Japan, bathhouses are sexed, so it's male and female and they're nude. And <laughs> in this game, you can go in and um, pay the man, and there's two doors. And there's different symbols in each door. One means male, one means female, but they're in kanji, so you don't know which is which. Anyway, I walked through the wrong door. 
<laughs> Gomon walks in and get treated to this scene of um, a load of pixelated Japanese ladies suddenly cover up their pixelated boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, Gomon is completely thrilled with this and he has his dong hanging <laughs> out and he does this little dance for joy where he hops around um, the screen yeah. looking really pleased with himself because you know the, they're they're trying to come themselves up but he's too late he's seen everything he's seen everything he's seen, all. He's seen everything, seen everything. <laughs> and soon after the um, the the guy who runs the bathhouse comes in and beats the crap out of you and, and chucks you out but yeah that was the one that got thinking of my favourite easter eggs <laughs> got you all uh, excited it was the most erotic thing the I've most ever erotic seen. thing yeah. I've ever seen <laughs> apart from Samuel Peep's mm. diary <laughs> yes Fair dues. Right, cool. Anyone else got any? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got a few. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a few. The one for me that stuck out, this is a film Easter egg, is, uh, is from Life of Brian. Um, in the scene where you've got all the people queuing up to be healed by Brian, uh, George Harrison from The Beatles is one of them. Right. And that in itself is a sort of Easter egg. But actually, if you if you find out a bit more about the backstory, the uh, the company Handmade Films, uh, which I believe was uh, one of the publishers of the uh, of the film, um, was actually started by George Harrison purely to get this film made. All right. Um, the the Pythons themselves called it the most expensive cinema ticket ever sold, in that. I love the fact that it's George Harrison in that scene, but he was the one that also paid all the money to make sure the film got made in the first place. So it's just a lovely little Easter egg. He's just there, just kind of like, all right, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I imagine he'd fit quite well into yeah biblical times as well, George Harrison. Yeah, absolutely. Love all that, all the spiritual stuff. As indeed, well. yeah. indeed. Yeah, no, I love it. It's one of my favourites. Absolutely brilliant. That's it. Um. So, um. I mentioned last week how much I love the TV series Community, and they make uh, a lot. They 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 hide particularly well some really good inside jokes. I'll I'll go through a few, uh, but I'll start with my favourite, which is uh, over the space of each season, seasons one, two, and three. They mention Beetlejuice. Now, in the film Beetlejuice, you mention him three times; he appears. So, in the third season, when he's mentioned. <coughs> In the glass in the background, you see someone walking past in a black and white uh, jumpsuit, basically. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, like, and they've been working on it. And there's um, another one where um, it's got like a, it's meant to be like a typical high school or typical college experience. So they're like going around pantsing people and breaking acoustic guitars and stuff like that. And, and um, they build a robot called Boobytron, <laughs> uh, whose whose job is to hit on ladies and stuff. And um, it ends with a typical kind of uh, so-and-so went on to become a high court judge and something. And uh, in the episode in season one, I think, and um, Britta, uh, it says um, Britta went on to own, because the whole thing in the episode is she's got a Walkman still. Yeah. Britta went on to own a used iPod Nano in 2014. <laughs> so the ep- it gets to 2000, it might have been 2015, whatever. It gets to 2015 and there's an episode where Britta comes in, sits down, and she's got a very old iPod Nano that she puts on the table. Yeah. That someone has obviously thought, well, we'll, we'll it's 
meant to be 2015 now, so they, 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 the fact that they've even thought about that, you know, that is gets me cool. a little Yeah, that is, that's, that's in, quite a cool one. But the Beetlejuice <clears throat> one is, is particularly, particularly good. I do like that, yeah. yeah. Sure. We get rat- rattling through these ones. Yeah, this yeah. is going to go quick. I told you this was going to be a quick one, didn't I? <clears throat> Another one I really liked was, um, yes, you did tell us. What? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, yeah. 28 days later on the DVD, there's a a hidden option to go into, which gives you an alternate ending, and it's just a storyboard, but it's narrated by Danny Boyle and someone else who worked on the film. I can't remember, but it um, they they kind of read the script along with the storyboard. And it's superb. It's it's a really interesting. It goes. Do either you like Twenty Eight Days Later? Mm. Oh yeah yeah, 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 great film. But this one, it branches <coughs> um, at the point where Frank dies. Uh, you know the guy yeah. who drives the taxi. Yeah, you know, the dad of the little girl. Yeah. Effectively, they don't kill him. <clears throat> they tie him up when he's turning, and they keep him as he is, they drive on, they drive a completely different route and they end up at a hospital, an abandoned hospital, and they try and find refuge in it. And um, they make a little camp in there and at a certain point they hear like a slight knocking noise and then they go and investigate. Anyway, they end up finding a, a person who's shut themselves in a room and they try and talk to him through the window and they're saying, you know, let's in, let's in. This guy's not answering. He's just sitting there reading a book. Eventually, he gets up and basically tells them to go away. He doesn't want them there. And they say... They eventually get out of him that he is what they've been looking for because he was not... He says he's not directly the one who broadcast the message, but they were broadcasting the message about him. Mm. And effectively, they get it out of him that he has the answer to the virus. And... Um, Killian Murphy's character basically has to try and win the um, humanity back of this guy because he's kind of he's completely jaded. He lo- he's lost all sense of purpose. He doesn't care about anyone anymore. He doesn't want anything to do with um, their party. He's just like mm. you're going to be dead by the end of the day. You know, I, I'm not going. I don't want to get to know you. I don't want to know your names. I don't want to know anything about you. Killian Murphy's character sits there all night and tells him his entire life story everything from like you know his school days to girls he's kissed and he's desperately trying to win this over still nothing works eventually he brings over Frank's daughter and says you know this is a 14 year old girl this is I can't remember her name actually but you know this is a 14 year old girl her dad's infected Mm. we want to save him please tell us how yeah the guy drops the bombshell and says there is a way, but it's at a great cost. And he basically says the only way is to do a complete blood transfusion from someone who's not infected. Mm. So effectively, to save someone, you have to kill someone. You basically do like a complete swap, so that person will be completely infected then. Killian Murphy's character does the ultimate sacrifice and sacrifice himself by giving himself the blood transfusion interesting and saves Frank's character yeah and then that's how the movie ends 
bloody hell. Mm. Just completely different from Moet. Yeah. Pretty cool for a little Easter egg, isn't it? Mm. That's no bad. Yeah. Eh? No bad. Well, then, someone try and top that. Or pixelated dong. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, one for Dan. Uh-huh. From the Marvel Universe films. Yep. I like the fact that in Iron Man 1 and 2, this is going to be really short, Iron Man 1 and 2, uh, there are little glimpses of uh, Captain America's prototype shield. Yes, yeah. It's it's 2 where he's using it to prop up the... Uh, Number 2 is when he, they, yeah. he props up the... Uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Coulson walks in and goes, where do you get this from? Yeah, 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 but in the first film, it's when Stark gets back from his mission and his robot's having trouble removing the suit oh, yeah, yeah. from him. It's in the background on his workbench. I just, I like that. I just like the fact that it's there. Because you see it really obviously in the second yeah, film, yeah, yeah. but it's just kind of a glimpse in the first film. Nice little Easter egg there. And that's cool. it. Um, <laughs> from... Uh, Fair enough. Um, from um, Battlestar Galactica, <coughs> another TV series I mentioned last week, uh, in the first episode, the special effects company that was working on Battlestar Galactica worked on Firefly as well. And the scene do where. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and the scene where. That sounded like Hollyoaks. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> the scene where um, Laura Roslin's in the uh, doctor's office. Uh, when you look up, you see the ships flying up through the, like, through the glass ceiling, and one of the ships that flies past is Serenity. So Serenity's nice so Serenity in Battlestar Galactica. Why is there a link there? Yeah, that's the same same special effects company. Oh, sorry, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, it's really cool little one. Oh, that's kind of cool. There's loads of those actually. When I was researching like Easter eggs and yeah. things, there's so many. Little things like um, R2-D2 in Indiana Jones mm. yeah, yeah. and the Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah, just yeah. in a little hieroglyphic. In fact, it's C-3PO as well, C-3PO and R2-D2. And R2-D2, yeah, yeah. both in that hieroglyphic. There's R2-D2 apparently in J.J. Abrams' 2009 Star Trek. There's an explosion and a load of um, sort of shrapnel and spaceship parts. Well, yeah. One of the little spaceship parts is R2-D2 flying across the screen. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind has R2-D2 upside down in one of the windows of the really? uh, alien mothership. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. There's the um, the prequels, in the prequels, the... You know, one of those Senate meetings yeah, or whatever yeah, where they've got all the different alien ET, races. ET, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah, E.T.'s yeah. race E.T.'s there. E.T.'s race is there, isn't cool. it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Which of they believe is why in in the first, it, well, why in ET, mm. um, ET reacts when he sees that kid walking past dressed as Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, oh, yeah. there he is. <laughs> there's another good one in um, Battlestar Galactica. They they tend to just sneak ships in mm. every now and then. So when they like jump to a position, they'll like have all the civilian ships. So occasionally they'll like throw in a Carillion cruiser. And stuff like that, just for fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah. I like that. Um, so, Sean, any more for any more? Yeah, sure. I got um, on the two towers. Tom's favourite, Lord of the Rings, two oh, towers. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, a, D- a DVD um, Easter egg where hidden on one of the menus, you can go to and you see Gollum's acceptance speech. Oh, it's brilliant as well. Is that the Empire Awards one? Um, was it Empire? I think MTV Awards. Yeah, Dobby. Dobby's a fucking hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically um, 
Um, Andy Serkis starts accepting the award, but then Gollum turns up and does this foul-mouthed tirade against the working conditions in the film, and he starts like slanging. He's like effing and blinding. And, like, <laughs> yeah, at one point, that sounds quite funny. At one point, he starts slanging off Dobby the house elf. <laughs> oh right, yeah. yeah, from the Twatty Potter films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's really funny. That's really good. Yeah, that's nice. That sounds pretty mm. good. Top. Uh, I'd say red apple cigarettes and the Kahuna Burger. Yeah. From the Tarantino films, I like that Tarantino instead of going for like product placement with, you know, like a Wendy's bag mm. or a McDonald's bag or something like that, created Big Kahuna Burger, which was in multiple. Tarantino linked films even though you know some of them he didn't mm. write uh, well some of them he didn't direct but he did write um, I also like the red apple cigarettes are smoked by most characters in his films <laughs> you know it's like oh, I'll have a pack of red apples like do you want filters no, no, no I don't want filters but also just on on uh, Pulp Fiction mm. <clears throat> uh, Butch Coolidge played by Bruce Willis mm. um, sings a song uh, about Captain Kangaroo, yeah. just before he decides to uh, uh, run his car into Marcellus Wallace before, you know, the, the bumming in the basement begins. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, in Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, the character John McClane, played by Bruce Willis as well, is asked, what have you been doing, you know, kind of like, what, what have you been doing since the airport, kind of referencing the film before? And he says, oh, just smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. Mm. So, Paul Pitchin is character singing about Captain Kangaroo. Uh, and uh, his character from Die Hard with a Vengeance mentions smoking cigarettes and Captain Kangaroo. I just That's like, I like the link. That is cool. Like that. That's a good one, isn't it? Um, no, I don't know really... It's a good one. Yes, it's great. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> There's, um... Have you, have you seen the film Evolution? Yes, yes, really. Good. Yeah, so there's the. That's some ice cream now. Yeah, <laughs> there's the bit where the where he um, Orlando Jones, the character, turns to him and go, "You used to work for the government." And, he goes, and David Duchovny and he goes, "Yeah, yes, you didn't tell me that." No, no. Mm-hmm. and it's obviously a link to the fact that he was in the FBI oh, yeah. in X Files. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another one in um, Californication as well, which is a great TV series if you haven't watched it. Is it good? Yeah, it's a, it's brilliant. It's you'll never look at David Duchovny with a straight face again. Is the only problem. But yeah, it, it's like now every time I see um, X Files, I'm like, that's <laughs> Hank Moody, and he has done a variety of foul, brave things that now will never make Fox Mulder <laughs> ever look the same again. And there's a bit where he's just uh, standing looking in a mirror, and he's about to go to court for a reason I won't mention. If you ever watch the TV series. And he's wearing a suit and he just goes, I look like a fucking FBI agent. <laughs> and then just walks off. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's good. Um, Alright, I've got one. Um, yeah. <laughs> from the um, Dark Place DVD. Yeah. There's a hidden option Yeah. to find some extra, extra scenes, but my favourite one is just... <laughs> it's got two ladies <laughs> kissing on a... On a um, on a lounger, you know, mm. <laughs> with like a you know pool background or something, and um, they're just kissing for a while, and very eighties looking, you know, big eighties hair. Yeah. Dean Lerner just 
pops up <laughs> into frame from the bottom and just says, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, no ads, no breaks, channel lady love. <laughs> <laughs> and then disappears again. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh <laughs> I, absolutely, I absolutely love uh, Richard Iowani's character. He's just... <laughs> Xenomorph skull in Predator 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the trophy cabinet. And like I said, it's a bit of an obvious one. So uh, I'm going to follow it up with um, the Easter egg from Halo, the first Halo game that I like the most. Um, is uh, very last level, more um, marine aviation wing, mm. um, where you're riding your warthog all the way back along the um, Pillar of Autumn to try and get to the longsword fighter that's at the end. Yeah. You're about to sneeze. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Carry on. Shall I, shall I keep going? And uh, it's uh, you're, you're sort of you're you're driving really really fast down this particular uh, part of the level, but if you stop at a particular cross junction just after, it's either just after or it's just before when Fohammer dies. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> I always manage to spoil spoiler alert afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> you can go down a, a sort of a sideways uh, like walkway, and you'll find a single solitary grunt just at the end of it who'll say something on the lines of, uh, "I've worked up a big grunty thirst. I can't wait to get back to the food nipple." Um, <laughs> just something really cheeky. I, I can't remember what it is. But it's just it's just nice. It's just it's just funny that they in such a panicky level they'd have uh, a little grunt just sitting all on his own, just waiting to say something to you if you happened to find him. Yeah, I just quite like that's. That. There's, there's another one in Halo Three. Yeah, it's got half the cast of Firefly in it, and there's it one of the skulls that if you change it to that that means that they start saying the least. That the thing that they, they'd say the most becomes the thing they'd say the least, and the thing they'd say the least becomes the thing they'd say the most. Yes. So, like, when they're saying random things, they start saying really random things. Yeah, it's like really rare dialogue yeah. Isn't yeah, it, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. So, it's like, cool. includes with Adam Baldwin, Alan Tudyk, and Nathan Fillion, they start just quoting Firefly a lot. Like, because <laughs> obviously, you know, it's what they know. <laughs> um,. There's another one I had. Has anyone played Far Cry Primal? I actually, I've, I've watched someone else play it, but um, nice little Easter egg that the Flintstones car is at the bottom of the lake. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty I, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. little touch. Mm. That's pretty cool. Along with the, obviously the, the tons that are in Grand Theft Auto as well. True, very true. Mm. Sure. Um, I've got the um, on the Fight Club DVD. Yeah. I presume everyone knows what this is like an obvious. This is quite an obvious one, but in when the you know you get those warnings come up at the start when you mm. bring your DVD warning yeah. you not to pirate. There's um, one done by Tyler. Oh yes, <laughs> an FBI kind of esque warning done by Tyler. Oh yeah, I've got it printed there. I'll, I'll read it. it. Says if you are reading this, hang on, I should do it in American accent. If you are reading this, then this is a warning for you. 
Every word you read of this is useless fine print of another second of your life. <laughs> Don't you have anything other to do? Is your life so empty that you honestly can't think of a better way to spend these moments? Or are you so impressed with authority that, that you give respect and credence to all who claim it? Do you read everything you're supposed to read? Do you think everything you're supposed to think? Buy what you're told you should want. Get out of your apartment. Meet a member of the opposite sex. Stop the excessive shopping and masturbation. Quit your job. Start a fight. Prove you're alive. And if you don't claim your humanity, you will become a statistic. You have been warned. Very Tyler-esque. <laughs> <coughs> Very Tyler-esque indeed. It was a bit more Crichton than Tyler, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> And recover a holly. Oh. <laughs> um, I do like throughout all of the LucasArts films, uh, sorry, not LucasArts films, LucasArts games, the point of click, that they make reference to a lot of their um, other game characters, whether they just be sort of in certain characters in the background or something else. My personal favourite, because it's an Easter egg, and because I absolutely love the game, is one from uh, Dark Forces. If you've ever played Dark Forces, no, I have. Yeah. The the Star Wars Doom, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. which came out, and it's not even something that you would see if you didn't have the mini map on. The kind of overlays of map. If you there's a, there's a snowy level uh, where you go to destroy a a mining operation that's mining something called Frick, which is like a lightsaber-resistant metal. There's a little... when you Where you start, instead of going off into the level, if you turn around, there's a little ledge of ice that you can follow down off to the right, and it takes you into a little underground cavern, and there's an extra life in there. And you sort of go inside. If you turned on the mini-map at that point, you would see that as you walked around inside this place, it was drawing a picture of... And I don't know if you've ever played this, the Salmon Max video games yeah, yeah the rabbit uh max hmm. um his head outline is what shows on the minimap in this thing instead of actually like a That's like a wireframe cool. of the um of the room that you're in yeah it's actually just max's head <laughs> just the outline of it and it's just a little sam and max easter egg <laughs> just kind of slotted into dark cool. horse which is pretty cool um i've got another one which is <clears throat> On the Firefly, oh God, it's all Firefly. The Firefly uh, menu screen. Um, there's a couple on the last disc. A couple of things you can do, and you hit a certain button, and uh, it's a video of Adam Baldwin singing the Hero of Canton song uh, about obviously his character Jane wearing the hat <coughs> at the same time. That's quite good. That's quite nice. Okay, I'm out. You're out. I'm out. <laughs> How far did we get? Half an hour. Half an hour. I'm surprised we got that long. Yeah, that's true. That's I'm, pretty good. Yeah, that's a little bite-sized one. Yeah, it's All an Easter egg. Listeners out there, it's. Uh... We should put it as an Easter egg somewhere. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I so think you can't we'd... find it. Maybe we should get onto the um, Halo Nine guys and just see, like, oh, when you get around to Halo Nine, just sort of slip this in. <laughs> you know. Or not. Talking of, um, you say, like, do, a Star Wars esque Doom game, who played the Alien esque Doom game? Or the Doom esque Alien game? Was that Alien Trilogy? Alien Trilogy on that was the amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's my favourite Aliens game ever. Really? It's good, man. Alien Trilogy? Yeah, they've made it. 
broke the last contact with the colony on LB426. Send Gorman and his team to investigate. Yeah. That, uh, it's fucking wank. It's <laughs> not. It's really good. Tell me. It's got great it's music. People, yeah, it's but. terrible. Oh, alien Trilogy is a terrible alien game. <laughs> the best one, um, in, in my humble opinion, sorry, obviously it's in my humble opinion, um, is, um, is Alien vs. Predator. On not the Jaguar, the but the PC. Well, the arcade version is really good. No, no, the, the, the PC version that came out in like 98. Oh, or you mean the F- FPS? The FPS. There was like a beat em up as well on the arcade. There was, yeah. Which was really good. But the, the FPS is superb. Okay. Anyone, and the Marine campaign, especially, is brilliant. Anyone remember the one on the Commodore 64? No, just me. Which was? It was just an alien game. I think it was just called Aliens. Yeah. Um, and you had a team and you had to put them in different rooms. You had a map with it. And um, you moved them to different rooms, um, and it was just basically they'd, they'd scroll along, and then an alien would appear, and you'd hear like the um, oh god, the sensor go off, and you'd have to quickly flick to the yeah, yeah. You quickly flick to there, and there'd be alien there, and you'd have to move them out of the room really quickly, that and then like good. so then you'd have like eight, ten characters, and the idea was you had to make it to the end of the other side of the ship. That's really, good. really great game on Commodore sixty four. Sounds a bit like Space Hulk on the. Um... Oh my PlayStation. god! Yes, yeah, that's a really good comparison. Happy yeah. Hour in a space hole. Aka to your left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, time for us to mosey on home again. We've had fun. You're We've putting had... on an accent again. I know, right? Yeah. Do I do that? I well, know. it's time for us to mosey oh. on home. <laughs> well then, no. Uh, yeah. Um, right. Than my Timmy Mallet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. We're I'm gonna... a great time today. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we've all learnt a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right. Yes. So, time for us to go. It feels weird without the headphones on now. It's kind of, kind of coming a bit straight. Um, right. So, a uh, little one this time. Thanks for, you know, finding us because this was so well hidden. Um, except it wasn't because I put it on Facebook and Twitter. And, <laughs> and uh, the four people listening to this pod will have found it really easily because they'll be subscribing. Anyway, whatever. Fine. Thanks for listening. Thanks for ruining the illusion. Made us found like we'd some, made feel like we'd done something cool and then you just ruined it. So thanks, guys. Anyway, if you want to, you can contact us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash uh, TMTOOH. Uh, and then you've got Twitter, which is 2MTOOH. And check out our blogs, our regular blogs, which will be going up. Um, well, there'll be a couple up this week, I'd imagine, which is TMTOOH. TMTOOH.com forward slash WordPress at the moment. And <laughs> no, it's not. TMTOOH.wordpress.com. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, not what Dan said. Yeah. Yeah. What, what Sean said. Yeah. Just, just, There's a good one on PT. There yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And, the pro- NX. yeah. and the NX. There'll probably yeah. be more up by that point, I'd imagine. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yeah, I've got yeah, one I've planned got a about. Um, there you go. Then. Uh, yeah. Should you play the first game in a series? Oh, interesting. Yeah, there you go. I've, I've got, written one about Hitler, the new one. Well, I thought you were going to say Hitler then. <laughs> just, yeah, uh, wow. Like, <laughs> just, isn't Hitler... My Mind Camp <laughs> is my favourite book. <laughs> the most erotic book I've ever read. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> anyway, thanks uh, for listening. Um... I've been Dan, and still will be, I suppose. 
<laughs> I've been Sean. Uh, I've been Tom. Okay. We're now going to swap names and go home. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. You didn't think we could get through a whole episode of talking about Easter eggs without adding a little Easter egg. So here is um, the uh, band that me, Sean, Tom and uh, our drummer, Anne, were in before, which is how before we did the podcast, which is how we met. Uh, And this is a song called Live For Anyone, which is the intro and the outro. So enjoy if you're still listening Um, and we'll see you next week.
Hello and welcome to episode four of the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. The podcast that came here to chew up gum and kick ass. Oh, fuck, 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 balls, bang, I hate you. 